Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we're going to be chatting with my return guest co-host and contributor today, R.J. Thesman. She is the author of the new release, Day by Day, Hope for Senior Wisdom. You may be wondering, what in the world are you talking about, PJ? Well, R.J. is an advocate for caregivers, for those of us who have loved ones who have suffered from Alzheimer's, and so much more. She also has talks about women's advocacy, women's rights, things of that nature, lots of good things that she does. But today she's actually talking to senior citizens. And you may be wondering, is that the correct term? I don't know, but it sounds better than what I heard some time ago, being older Americans. So I prefer senior citizens. And so she's going to be talking to you today, those of us who consider ourselves senior citizens. This book is a devotional meant for you. You may be wondering, why would a devotional be geared particularly towards senior citizens? Can't wait to tell you about it in just a few moments. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. And so without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest co-host and contributor today, R.J. Thesman. R.J., how you doing today? I'm doing well, Parker. It's so great to speak with you again. It's so great to have you. It has been a minute, but for those of you, I want to remind you that RJ does talk about Alzheimer's, and she is the author of the Reverend G series, which was really successful with Cross River Media, I believe. Isn't that correct, RJ? That is correct. I'm actually putting together a compilation now of all three books, and so it will hopefully be released early 2023. Exciting stuff there. I know that you were really working hard as you dealt with someone who has Alzheimer's. And in your case, you have both people in your family, your mom and your dad, I believe, both had Alzheimer's and you were one of the educators while I think your siblings were the caregivers. So you really have a very unique aspect of dealing with people who deal with Alzheimer's. But now you're coming back completely from left field, if you will. You're coming back from Hope for Senior Wisdom. So I'm really interested in letting our our listeners know more about that. But before I do, I've already kind of given people an idea of what you talk about, but you can do it way better than I can. Well, thank you. Um, Yeah, you know, it's one thing to be a caregiver, and then it's another thing to step into being a senior yourself um, and actually finding out some of the issues that, that we deal with. And so this book actually, Day by Day, Hope for Senior Wisdom, came about as I was going through the two scene seasons that most seniors go through, and that is the empty nest, where suddenly all the kids are gone, and becoming a senior orphan when both parents are suddenly gone. And so I was going through both of those things in the same year and uh, dealing with uh, a bit of depression about it and a bit of questioning and then 
realizing that I had a whole new demographic of issues to deal with that um, I hadn't dealt with before. So uh, these devotions just sort of came out of my quiet time and then out of my desire to share some of the encouragement that God was sharing with me to share that with my readers. There's a uniqueness about this book that I definitely want to delve on. You use the term senior orphan. I believe this is highly significant because you're not the only one who may be dealing with this. But go ahead, give us a definition of that. Yeah, it, you know, we, we always think of orphans as, we usually think of them as little children left, you know, from parents dying or parents leaving them or, or war or things like that. But, you know, basically an orphan is, is when both parents or both parenting it doesn't necessarily have to be a biological parent, but it can be the person who was the parent in your life is it, gone. And when my father passed away in 04, it was a, a rather, you know, kind of a release from the, the terrible dementia he was going through. And then even though my mother had gone through Alzheimer's and we knew that she wasn't her real self anymore, the fact that she was suddenly gone, it was a whole new demographic in my life. Because all my life, both parents had been there. To lose one is one thing, but to lose both of them, now I'm an orphan. And I'm a senior at the same time. And I can't go to either parent and ask them how I should live as a senior. I really can't even go to Jesus and ask him because he died in his 30s. And so what am I going to do now? And so I, I found, of course, you know, the word of God is so rich and so beautiful. And I found some things there. And then I talked to other seniors who were a bit older than me. Uh, you know, what are you doing about these things? And so I, I started, you know, getting a whole list of new ideas uh, of things to, to go through. But that, that whole shift of, uh, you know, that demographic generational reality shift of now I am the matriarch because uh, I'm the oldest sibling. Now the parents are both gone. That I actually felt that happen in my body and in my soul. It's interesting because it lets us know that your mom and dad or those of you who are in the position of mom and dad will always be your mom and dad and you'll always be their child. And when you don't have that foundation anymore, it does shift from you. So I definitely can sympathize with you about that. Most people know my grandmother passed away, so that's been a reality shift for me. And I like the fact that you said, can't go to Jesus about this, but one thing we can go to him about is that he has been alone. Because when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So he understands that aloneness that we may have. And so that's the rich part about our God is that he may not have all our experiences, but he certainly has experiences all our pain and our sorrow and our heartache. So I definitely just wanted to underpin what you said with that. And then how you go to the Word of God, because the Word of God is so rich and so detailed. It has so many answers for some of the biggest questions of our life, particularly what am I going to do now? How am I going to go into this new phase of my life? And then we get comfort from the fact that he says, for I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And you have that comfort that even though your mother and father may not may not be there, guess who is there? You know, you also talk about that you've gone to other people. What has been a common theme you've observed in these conversations? Well, one of the common themes is loneliness, the importance of whatever family is around you. You know, my birth family actually lives five hours away, and I don't see them very often. Uh, but my son and his wife, my daughter-in-love, they live in the same town. And so the importance of 
somehow connecting even more with family and then also the importance of connecting with uh, whatever community you're involved in, whether it's church, a senior center, doing some volunteer work for an organization, uh, something like that to get you out of the house, out of your mind, um, out of your emotions, out of your aloneness. And one of the devotions that I did was the difference between aloneness and loneliness, because it, there is a there is a difference there, looking at it differently. You know, the other connection is, you know, talking to seniors who are older than I am, who have already been through uh, my particular years, and then are, are beyond that. You know, what did you do about this, 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 and this? And I think also, of course, you know, talking to people who are people of faith and who understand like me, that even though, you know, like I said, even though I can't really look at Jesus's life, I do know that he was part of creating me. And so he understands my emotions and the demographic that I'm in now. So yeah, finding wisdom from those kinds of people. And then also, you know, wisdom from, there are doctors who specialize in gerontology. I actually went to my doctor and asked for a little bit of help with antidepressants, which was helpful for me, but also was another kind of a step of faith. And then, you know, you, know, you mentioned the fact that, that he's with us every day. That became one of my, my signature activities for every morning when I wake up. Your mercies are new for every morning from Lamentations. So your mercies are new today for me, this day. So, and that was another reason why, you know, the name of the book, Day by Day, Your Mercies Are New Today. Your comment brings to mind something I heard J. Vernon McGee said. And for those of you who don't know, J. Vernon McGee was a famous uh, Bible teacher and preacher, and he did a radio show called Through the Bible. And you went through the Bible with him verse by verse for five years. And it's now in syndication all over the world. And I recently was listening to him because I found a station that had him on Sundays. And he said, I believe that Psalms 23 was written by David when he was old because he had lived so much. He said, a young man couldn't write this. He said, an old man writes this. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That has to come from knowing you've been in want and when the Lord fulfills that. And that's been resonating with me for some time ever since I heard that. And it lets us know that as we grow older, as our needs change, our pains change, mutate, the things that may have caused us anxiety in our 20s hardly even make us blink when <laughs> we're in our 40s. And then we get to, like you said, to a senior age, you're like, huh, what was the big deal? You know, you got to think about that. But then you start to realize what's really important. And so that's why I love talking with older people. I love talking with senior citizens. I love listening to their stories because they do have a lot to share with you. I know for a fact that as you've seen things change for yourself, you're not just being imbued with wisdom, but you also have wisdom yourself. How do you make that transition? Because you said that you felt the physical, spiritual shift of now you are the matriarch. You are now part of the foundational pillar of the family. And how does that change your insights into how you respond to things related to family? Well, it, it is interesting. That's a, that's a great question uh, because we can't always be the wisdom to our family unless they actually ask us. Um, I did have a niece who asked me some things one time about uh, the history of our family, and I was able to share, you know, some of the things that I have learned through life 
with her most of the time. And of course, I, I do share with my son and his wife often, and they listen. But, you know, it's easy for us to get stuck in the old stories of, you know, I remember when, blah, blah, blah. You know, what I try to do is this is what I learned. You know, this is what God taught me. And then, of course, sharing uh, the Bible verses that had meant a lot to me. A lot of what I share, the wisdom that I believe I that God has given me through the years is I share it, you know, on my blog and in my writing and in my books. You know, my blog, rjtestman.net, is all about hope and, you know, how to find hope when you're feeling hopeless. How to find hope when, like all of us, when we went through COVID. How to find hope in these senior years when my retirement planning didn't plan for COVID and supply issues. And my retirement planning didn't really plan for the inflation that went up that makes my groceries ridiculous. So how to find hope in these in these years has to also be connected with the wisdom that God has taught me through the years. Hey, man, what wonderful words to share. But I had to ask that because you do kind of realize the obligation to teach those not beneath you, but coming after you because that sense of, hey, you know, we don't know what tomorrow will bring. Right. And that's just something very real. I think we all have to take into effect. We should all probably take into effect now, but it's something just very real. Not that I want you to think <laughs> think dark thoughts, RJ. It's not that, but you kind of go like, let's be realistic. Sometimes you do have a more pragmatic view of things. And I think that's okay. I used to think pragmatism was wrong. Not all the time. Sometimes they really know what's going on. <laughs> that's what it is. Pragmatic people. We don't have any hope. hope hey, what, what the one guy said, hope for everything, expect nothing. <laughs> But we don't want to be that dire in that. So my next question is, how have the readers who've read this devotion, how have they responded to it? Well, um, it's been interesting. One uh, reader sent me an email and said, I read this book in two days. And I'm thinking, what? It's supposed to be a daily devotional. (laughs) I read this book in two days. When are you going to write the sequel? And I thought, okay, I never thought of a devotional book as having a sequel. Uh, But that that was an affirming thing. The other affirmation was actually came from, I have a theological advisor that I always have him read my books to make sure that they're not way off the mark, you know, with my faith journey or anything. And uh, so he had already read the book as a beta reader, but he sent me an email and, and he said, I'm, I'm reading it every day and being blessed. I thought, wow, that that just really blew my mind. And then the fact that it's it's selling, you know, on Amazon, it's selling all the time. Uh, of course, there's, I mean, there's a whole demographic, a big demographic of those of us who are seniors. And so, and then I, you know, I in marketing it for people, I'm finding, you know, younger people are buying it for their parents and their grandparents. And one of the sweetest things is to to you know if you have a if you're a caregiver or you have a, a senior person uh, in your life who's who's older than you you know go to them and read the book you know day by day and uh, just be with them and read with them and and pray with them is another way of of doing that and so yeah I've been I've been really um, amazed and pleased that this little book has had an impact and you know as writers that's what we always want we want to have an impact somehow we want our words to make a difference it's fascinating because as people live longer think about it it would be a bigger demographic because goodness knows maybe back in the early 1800s getting here would be <laughs> the marketing probably wouldn't be as as well but uh, now people are living longer it's more and more likely most of us will probably live to well god's will i should say that um not defying god's will but most of us would live to be closer to our 90s or even 100 and they're actually having problems with people living in their 100s now because 
uh, one poor lady, she's um, her house, something happened with her house. Her son had to take care of her, her finances because she's 100, you know, and they had foreclosed on her home. And she said, y'all could have the house. She's like 105 or 106, something like that. And she's like, y'all could have the house as soon as I'm gone. <laughs> so she kind of said it like that because they had made news. And they said, how are you going to put a 100-year-old woman out on the street, you know, and that just doesn't look good. And it's like, well, you know, people are living longer. So those are the kind of considerations you have to take. So, yeah, I can see how it's definitely selling, you know. I don't consider myself old, depending on who you talk to. I don't consider myself old. But then you listen to a little 12-year-old like, oh, you're that old? And you're like, stop, okay, stop, okay. I can't remember when I thought 50 was old. Now I'm staring at 50. In a few years, I'll be staring down the street at 50. Like, oh, my gosh, you know. <laughs> I had no idea that would happen. But that, I got some time before that. But still, it's just not as old as you think it was. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? This is true. Yeah. But now, RJ, I want to thank you so much for being with me on the show. Really enjoyed having you. If people want to get in contact with you, where can they find you online? Well, online, my uh, website is rjtesman.net, and Tesman is T-H-E-S-M-A-N.net. And I'm also on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. And I always mutilate her name. She's told me that so many times, y'all. RJ Tessman. I always say Tessman because, dang it, there's an H there. <laughs> there's an H there. So Tessman, RJ Tessman. Make sure you visit her. RJ, in the few moments we have left, go ahead and encourage those authors out there today. Oh, authors. Um, you know, one of the things that, as a writing coach, that I tell my clients all the time is your words matter. And, you know, with all of us, can probably think back about an article we wrote we, or we read once or a book we read or just a phrase that we read that really impacted us and maybe even saved our lives or changed our lives. And so the power of words is just so important. And we have this great gift of creativity and the great treasure of being able to write words and get them out there in the world. So yes, I would encourage you, you writers, to keep writing, to understand that your words do matter, that even when it feels hard to sit down and write, do it anyway, because there's there's somebody out there who needs to read those words and you can make a difference. So yeah, keep writing. Remember that your words matter. Whatever you're writing, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, memoir, anything in between, poetry, it, it all matters. And if I can just add to that, it doesn't matter how old you are either. <laughs> Very true. I have to say it. There's a young man on my show. He was 16 at the time, RJ. And he said, you are never too young to begin your dream. Then I had the pleasure of having a man who, who wrote his first book when he was 80 years old. And I said, you're never too old to begin your dream either. So guess what? You're never too young or too old to begin your dream and write the words that God has given you. So RJ, thank you for that encouragement. And for our listeners out there, we have been talking to RJ Tesman. She is the author of the book Day by Day, Hope for Senior Wisdom. You may be one of those people in the same place that she's in, where you're older now, your children are gone, your mom and dad are gone. There are new experiences and new things happening for you, and you need wisdom. This devotional is definitely for you. So make sure you go ahead, love on my sister, and pick up your copy of Day by Day, Hope for Senior Wisdom exclusively on Amazon.com. And visit her website like she said. Guess what? You may learn something. So go ahead, pick it up today. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. <laughs>